Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, and my uh, trusty uh, co-host here on a, a weekly basis. Sean, uh, I didn't mention this to you, but I, I noticed today's edition is episode 93. So, uh, with the two shows a week that we've been doing over the last couple of couple of weeks, we've been we've been really rolling towards that 100. So another three or four weeks probably around about draft time we'll be we'll be hitting triple digits for the show so uh it's been it's been a fun run i guess uh, starting off the show I'll, I'll thank you for those uh 90 93 episodes that have uh, have been a lot of fun to do yeah they have been and i think uh, really the success of the show is is owed to you and and all the work that you do with it uh i couldn't ask for a a better co-host so yeah it's been fun and i think we've got a, a fun show today we're going to talk about uh the brandon cooks trade and and really how that changes these two teams and for a trade of a player who was being drafted uh you know not as a priority player for 2020 the effects of this trade are going to be seen across so many players and, and really changes the two teams makes a lot of the other players on their teams interesting now in different ways and so this was a, a cool trade and i think a trade that could end up uh helping both teams certainly helping a lot of fantasy football owners so we'll we'll dive into the details of that yeah, we definitely will. And uh, obviously, you've teased it there our show later in the week as well. I'll look through some uh, dynasty trades that uh, I've done myself over the last week, and a lot of them as a result of this news in terms of uh, some of the players we'll be talking about in today's show. So it'll be fun to wrap up the week with that show uh, later in the week. But when we look through it, the, the two pieces we're going to look at exclusively today are both up on the Road of His website. So as always, starting the show, I want to let you know that you can get that 10% discount to Road of His NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage which is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast everything on the website from the tools to the uh, to the great content that's up there and it really you know at the moment there's not a lot going on there's a lot of uh, amazing content to get you that advantage as you get ready for whether it's best ball season with sean's articles uh, whether it is dynasty with all the great work that curtis patrick and the team are doing up there there's just so much different content so get yourself that 10 percent off right now once again that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so the first one, Sean, as we jump into it here, we're going to look at the first side. I guess we'll just look at the trade in general. There's there's two sides to the trade, but the first uh, part of the trade overall is Branton Cooks has gone to uh, the Houston Texans. The Texans are getting Branton Cooks in a 2022nd fourth round pick, so a pick two years down the line, which you don't usually see those moving too often in the NFL, a late round pick two years down the line. Um, and then it was uh, the Rams getting a 2022nd round pick. So the one thing, you know, I've, 
been all over Bill O'Brien's case for quite some time. The one thing I will give him credit for is he is not afraid to to make a trade, get a deal done, and to to move things around. So um, he's he's certainly making it an interesting for us here and they've already been heavily involved this offseason with the trade away of uh, DeAndre Hopkins I guess we'll talk first from an NFL perspective Sean do you think that you know we have Will Fuller who we talked about a little bit uh, on the last couple of shows you have Branton Cooks there now you've Kenny Stills who we mentioned you know Kiki Kute is still there there's there's a quite quite a wide receiver room now building up but do you think that Cooks is coming in as kind of a, a 1A to Will Fuller do you think one of those guys will be the lead wide receiver in this team kind of filling in for what DeAndre Hopkins done I think it's a case that they'll have what DeAndre Hopkins did last year kind of split that two or three ways and shared around those other three kind of wide receivers at the top of the depth chart what do you think yeah none of these guys is going to be a deandre hopkins they just don't have that skill set but it's interesting to see them bring in cooks here you talked about and you know we've criticized bill o'brien for play calling and a lack of aggressiveness with uh you know what they do with that team when you have a deshaun watson when you had in the past deandre hopkins and instead wasting so many plays for a player like carlos hyde obviously everyone really all over his case for the hopkins trade and while that was a terrible trade in a vacuum you can certainly see what he's trying to do anyone who's coached any uh sort of sport or activity you know whether it's nfl to high school to you know working with little league when you have people who don't want to be a part of what you're doing it does make it difficult for you and they can really cancel out a lot of their contributions by the other things that they're doing and certainly if they're undermining you if they're undermining the team then there's going to be a strong instinct to get rid of them now the fact that they sold so low obviously is is the big issue here at the same time, I think we have to look at the possibility that things could fall into place a little bit for the Texans here because they've undoubtedly also bought very low on Brandon Cooks. And maybe even again here, the prices are not what you would want in terms of Cooks and David Johnson, but they've taken two guys who as recently as a year ago uh, would have been much more highly sought after. And if these guys can get back with the time off, then all of a sudden, I think you have the makings of a pretty exciting offense. With Fuller and Cooks, you have two of the top deep threats in the entire NFL. I think that Fuller has shown some flashes of being able to be a more well-rounded receiver. We've never really seen that from Cooks. At the same time, we haven't needed to, right? Because he is such a fantastic vertical receiver in this awesome article here uh, by sam wallace kind of breaking down the trade he talks about the fact how between 2015 and 2018 cooks averaged 15.1 points per game he had four straight seasons in there with 110 plus targets with over a thousand yards and you know you go to the nfl stat explorer on the website where you can break down his profile in so many different ways and he was a top 15 sitting there between 10 and 15 in terms of receiver finish from 2015 to 2018 right and when you look at the efficiency numbers they're there the situation with jerry goff probably wasn't the best for him and i think that we have to be pretty excited about what he can do with deshaun watson and i think that 
But really, it's so much a matter of if these guys can stay healthy. You like to see what the Texans have done here, where they've given themselves a little bit of redundancy. If Cooks can't stay healthy, then hopefully they have Fuller. If Fuller can't stay healthy, then hopefully they have Cooks. If both of them are there, it's going to be very difficult for defenses deep. And then Randall Cobb had a little bit of a sneaky, solid season last year. We'll be operating underneath. Kenny Stills, another sort of vertical guy, showed a more well-rounded profile once he moved to the Texans last year. And then this running game, I would expect to be bad again. But when you have David Johnson, the one thing that he really still brings and was even able to show last year when he was scoring a ton of fantasy points before he got hurt is that he is a fantastic receiver. So you have that underneath threat again. Suddenly, you have the ability to really push down the field, to have those underneath safety valves but also with pushing down the field Deshaun Watson becomes even more of a threat with his scrambling ability so I think there is the possibility now for this offense to be really cool so much of it comes down to the health and when it's something where Cooks has had such scary concussions you know all you have to do is look at some of the guys that we have lost uh, over the last several years because of the repeated concussions to know that that's not something that is necessarily going to go away even with a full off season off is is the injury your biggest concern or the fact that when he played last year I, I think so much of what we saw with cooks last year was the rams offense uh had some problems with their identity and jared goff didn't play well and then you start to bring the concussions in it's difficult to see the real cooks in that environment are you worried about the concussions are you worried about the overall decline of his play last year even though he's actually still a fairly young guy or middle career guy is there some excitement now for you with this texans offense there's excitement the thing that's a bit unusual is like this is a team that is very exciting on paper at the moment but when we get to you know week six week seven like we know we know will fuller's injury history we know Ke- uh, Branton cook's you know history here of concussions you mentioned that randall cobb there when i was doing the intro to what we were going to talk about i actually didn't even mention randall cobb but they're all players who have had their injuries kiki kute who i mentioned has had his injuries over the, the last season or so so they've all been pretty banged up even Kenny Stills is somebody who falls into that, but they all have a very high upside in terms of if they can hit that a bit, like you mentioned with David Johnson. Now, whether they will or not is the, the concern. I mentioned as well about the work to go around. You know, Hopkins has left 150 targets, you know, an elite level of targets behind him. Fuller last year, even though he did miss quite a number of games, had 71 targets in that. Kenny Stills had 55 targets last year. So they're still then adding in that 150. We could see possibly three guys on this offense end up in around the the, the triple digits you know 90 to 100 targets between them i don't think we're going to see anyone like you mentioned get over you know 120 targets in this offense but cooks is somebody who's always been an exciting player uh, you asked about the concussions concussions are always something that terrify me in terms of players long-term health and they also worry me from a you know a dynasty asset point of view um you know i, I do think there's a huge you know downside to the concussions like if there's another concussion from this year i believe he had two last year you know we're looking at then time that he might have to sit out you know get things back on track you know once you get into that you know three three to four concussions in a 12 month period you're getting into really shaky territory um 
So that is the concern there. But on the field, if he's healthy, Bratton Cooks is somebody who is consistently delivered. I, I don't think he was healthy last year, and I don't think that offense was in the right place either. If you look at you know between 2015 and between 2018, and this is based on three different offenses, uh, he had at least four... Uh, at least a thousand yards and five touchdowns in those four seasons consecutively last year was certainly down year with the 583 yards but there was a lot at play there so i think if you're looking at somebody who's ready for a bounce back in a very quick space of time i think cooks does fit that mold whether i'm actively trying to acquire him is is a different story like i, I was noticing towards the end of last week when i was trying to make some trades cooks was almost starting to be added in as a kind of throw in piece to try and get things done uh not, not to the extent like it was still a, a high-priced asset they were trying to acquire but he was somebody who i had the skepticism at that time before the trade based on the concussions after the trade now i still have those reluctances because of that but i, I think there's definitely obviously an increase in his value over the last seven days um I, I just think that there's too much gray area now in this offense where you can't really have a huge amount of confidence that one guy is going to step out from the pack so you're probably looking at you know these these kind of guys if we're looking at cooks and fuller being topped at maximum wide receiver twos and you're probably looking at one of them being a wide receiver two and one of them being a wide receiver three at the the high end do you think that is the situation we're in similar to what we kind of were in at this stage last year at the rams when we're looking at cup uh and cooks and woods kind of getting into similar territory here with with this offense yeah these guys are not going to go as early as that trio did nor should they but they do start to become i think just very interesting when you look at that texans offense and look how predictable it was last year where once fuller is out then all the passing really has to go through deandre hopkins <laughs> they're going to run the ball into the line with carlos hyde and they still were successful now part of that is that deshaun watson is fantastic and deandre hopkins is probably the best wide receiver in the entire nfl so even if you're one-dimensional if you're one-dimensional at that level it's a little bit different than just saying okay well now we have some options but now they do have some options right and i think that what we're going to see is that deshaun watson is at least as good as people think he is maybe a little bit better and when you can go fuller when you can go cooks we can go Cobb. when you have david johnson out of the backfield and perhaps it's not as straightforward as it was last year when hides in the game you know you're looking at uh, the odds of a running play when duke johnson is in the game then much greater possibility for a dump off to the running back i think this flexibility is going to be just a lot of fun for this offense certainly when you have someone like kenny stills also in the mix there and so you know we, we question the coaching the tactics in the past i'd like to think that what they're doing here is not just pure desperation is not just pure pr uh even though they are not generating great pr from it but is an actual attempt to make this offense more multifaceted and so i think you could see that kind of of value again not to the extreme high end that we saw from the rams maybe in 2018 but you look at the numbers here and cooks has jumped in uh best ball 10s adp from 120 to 90 fuller has has slid down from 75 to 80 Cobb has fallen from 180 to outside the top 200 so it has been a benefit for cooks it's been a little bit of a it's been a little bit of a disappointment for those other two guys you can now get them at a little bit more of a discount and i don't think that you should necessarily worry about that because if the offense works there's going to be there are going to be targets for these guys the way that you discussed 
at those prices there, say Cook's now at 90, Fuller at 80, you know, Cobb way out. You mentioned that you hadn't talked about him in the intro. For a normal redraft league, do you have a preference among those guys? And I guess, say you're looking at a, a separate question here, if you're looking at Superflex, because I think this is maybe one of the more interesting elements of the trade to me is that with the explosion of Superflex, which everybody should be playing Dynasty Superflex, it's the most fun format in fantasy. Deshaun Watson now, I think, actually doesn't lose a lot for me from when they had Hopkins. Again, assuming that you're going to have Fuller back, assuming you're going to have Cooks in there, and assuming that the goal here is actually to be more aggressive and that the David Johnson acquisition is to throw more passes because that's his clear strength with the with the really high floor that watson has you know would he be back in that group for you with russell wilson maybe uh with dak prescott maybe now a tick ahead of prescott uh back maybe just below kyler murray i asked this because i was i've been in a a fun auction uh super flex this last week and i did go ahead and purchase watson to go with murray there trying to have that uh, high quarterback floor with those young studs you know watson's still very very young even though he's an established player in the nfl do you like his chances for 2020 i think that he's the player who has gained the most obviously from this trade we talked about it uh might have been maybe two weeks ago when the when the original trade went down we were talking about how we probably would be looking to take dak over somebody like a deshaun watson i thought that this had a you know a major impact on him when they hadn't made the move obviously to take somebody in rather than when they let hopkins go i think there's a huge boost for him here especially with the players that are there you know we could see him all things going well in this offense if it does fall into shape but i i could see what uh watson threatening you know to be the highest touchdown scorer in the league based on the weapons that they have we know cooks can get in the end zone we know fuller can get in the end zone we know they're both deep threats we know they can both work in shorter to intermediate routes screen passes cob as well there's a lot that can go right for this offense there's also as i mentioned a couple of minutes ago a lot that can go wrong if these guys start to get banged up pretty quickly uh, but i think that he's gained the most from it and i think it puts him into that kind of uh four through six range in terms of where he would be going as a quarterback uh in drafts versus i probably had him kind of eight through ten before that so i think the, there's huge upside based on on the, this move uh, and it kind of puts my faith back into him being one of those top tier quarterbacks uh, heading into this season before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our partners over at betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing you Vegas too. If you're missing the NFL season like we are, no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. I've been watching some of those. They're a lot of fun to get involved in you can also bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online use the promo code blue wire to join today and receive your welcome bonus once again that is the code blue wire betonline.ag your online wagering solution 
So Sean, the second side of that trade that we're going to look at here is a piece that Sam Wallace is uh, up on the site looking at the underrated fantasy star. Uh, and I guess we didn't mention at the start of the show, the first article we referenced as well was Sam. So uh, a double edition of uh, Sam Wallace uh, today on the show, but he's been doing some phenomenal stuff. I've really been enjoying reading through it uh, and looking at the, the underrated fantasy star that he's talking about here is Robert Woods. And obviously he's at the other side of the impact of the trade. Um, we were looking at a kind of, again we talked about this last year it's a crowded receiver core when you have three guys who are you know very very talented wide receivers good thing for the team to have not so good when you want to have uh, those fantasy assets who can really make a, a major major difference so we're looking at a situation now where robert woods is still with the la rams obviously cooper cup is still there um and there's a change in scenery with todd Gurley now with the atlanta falcons as well so that that will give an advantage to those wide receivers there because it does free up some off those targets obviously they'll probably take somebody in when we get to the nfl draft at the wide receiver position but as things stand it's clearly a, a little bit of a boost there to cup and woods and um, woods is somebody who i've been a big fan of for a long time and has really come into his own since uh going to the rams um i've, I've been pretty much impressed with him every step of the way since he started that journey uh, somebody who i own on a lot of teams and as we talk about uh, in the show later in the week some trades involving him that I, i've been involved in over the last few weeks i'm looking forward to doing that um later in the week but when we look at woods sean obviously i mentioned that the move of of cooks and how that's helping him uh, and his situation well obviously this is going to be a, a help to woods is wood somebody who you've you've long been a fan of like you know i think a lot of people think of woods now as being a, a very old veteran wide receiver rather than where he is in that kind of i would say middle part of his career uh probably past the halfway point but still still quite a bit to play and those legs Woods is an interesting guy because uh, since he's come to the Rams, he's scored points, right? Over the last two seasons, averaging just over 16 points per game and does it in a way that is not particularly exciting except for down the stretch last season. And Sam pointed this out through those first 13 weeks, you know, he doesn't score a touchdown and as a result only averages 13 points a game. Now, when you talk about 13 points a game that's certainly something you can slide right into that starting lineup but where woods was going in drafts we talked about how all three of these rams were pretty expensive then you're going to have a harder time winning with that of course he caught fire down the stretch averaged over 20 points per game in the last five you can break out all of those splits in the road of his game splits app and now we're in a situation where it seems like his floor is even higher one of the things, though, that is kind of interesting here, I think, is that when you go through, you pull him up in the NFL Stat Explorer, and you look at his snap percentage, he's played 94% of the snaps for the Rams over those last two seasons, and almost every individual game, as you can guess, is above that uh, 90 percentile. With him already being on the field and already having a high target floor is what's the guy here who's going to be the biggest beneficiary or are we probably looking more at something like cup or does this even for you really emphasize the tight ends now the tight ends are kind of interesting because gerald Mac gerald everett was having that breakout season over the first half then got banged up wasn't really a factor at all and tyler higby just he'll launch like a rocket ship to where he's now one of the trendier higher value tight ends in all of fantasy football in the last week uh, the coach there talking about how he really has to get everett more involved and learn how to use 
his abilities. When you're hearing that kind of language and you're looking at the ADPs here for some of the guys, we have Cup and Woods. They've both jumped about five spots. Everett has risen from 210 to 190. So still inexpensive, but suddenly people are seeing the possibility of a two tight end offense with Higby and Everett both getting involved. Certainly the Rams have shaken some things up here with Gurley also departing. And I think fantasy owners are hypothesizing about a very different Rams offense for 2020. When you're looking at those guys, which one gets you most excited? Who have you been targeting in your trades? Well, I, I've been targeting Robert Woods, uh, kind of sneak peek to the show later in the week, but uh, that's not down to the fact that I like him a huge amount more than Cup. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Cooper Cup. Um, you know, when you look at it, you know, Cup's been in the league a lot shorter time, but Woods has literally, in the last kind of three or four, I think it's four days ago, uh, turned 28. Uh, Cup is somebody who's in the league a lot longer, but as we all know, when he came in, was a, a much older rookie. Um, he's nearly 27, so 26 years, 300. And and four days also 60 days to go for him to be 27 so there's there's literally a year between these guys so when people are looking in dynasty they're probably thinking there's there's a much bigger gap that's why i was kind of hinting at the age when when i was talking about woods a moment ago so i, I like woods just based on his his overall profile um, now when you look at the rest of the offense it was very interesting very strange more so when you mentioned about everett and higby last year it looked like everett was the one on the way to the breakout he had 60 targets last season most of them coming very early in the season then higby finished up with 89 targets the rest of the way um so it was just bizarre the way that the two of them kind of flip-flopped so they they should have a quite quite a nice one-two punch moving forward uh so when you look at the offense branton cooks has vacated 72 targets uh, then on the other side Todd Gurley who's also gone had 49 targets so there's you know 110 targets give or take between the two guys there um, so I think what we're going to see is those targets split up the majority of them uh, between those two tight ends um, and then the rest of them going between Cooper uh, Cup and Robert Woods like Woods last year at 139 targets and uh, Cup at 134 there's not a huge amount of room to grow in ter- terms of how many targets they'll get this year you know if you if they can finish the year with that amount of targets between them I think you know you'd be more than satisfied if that is a, a fantasy owner if your players getting that amount of targets so I don't think we'll see their targets actually increase I think what we'll see is it probably get shared around between uh, whoever ends up being the lead tight end and the, and the backup I think we'll also see uh, some of those targets that went to Gurley go to the running backs for example like we talked about Darrell Henderson uh, on I think it was last week's show he only had four targets in the entire season last year so I think we'll see a situation where that obviously gets bumped up quite a bit uh, or sorry six targets he had last year so I think between the guys behind them it'll it'll filter down those targets more but I think Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods are the clear uh, one and two on this offense and I think it'll stay exactly that way for uh, the 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 foreseeable future especially this season coming uh do you prefer cooper cup over woods i think woods is at the moment is a slightly uh cheaper option again based on the perception of age i think on cup is one of the reasons for that i think if you can get the perception of age discount there then you should go ahead and take it definitely like both of those guys and while i don't know that their ceilings have really changed very much certainly i think you have to like their floors a little bit better the two people i'm going to be going after are gerald everett and tyler higby you look at sean mcveigh one of the more innovative coaches in the nfl they get to that super bowl they're stymied in the super bowl they come off of that and they really struggle i think that they're going to be 
a different and much more exciting team again in 2020. We look at at Higby, for example, and we see someone who only crested 60% of snaps played once in the first 10 weeks of the season. Then from week 11 on, played 70% of the snaps or more every single time and obviously comes off of that fantastic stretch. Over the last five games played, he scores 18 or more every single time. You look at whatever it was doing to start, and then you listen to McVeigh, and you hear him talking about getting Everett involved and thinking about what they've done in terms of spending, whether it's draft picks and Everett, one of his first and highest draft picks, whether it's money with the contract extension that they had for Higby. And now seeing that both of these guys can actually be matchup nightmares for the defense when you put them out there together and then you have those underneath receivers who are also fantastic i think it's gonna be difficult for defenses to stop i think that you can get a lot of value out of targeting these tight ends especially for 2020 but they're very good dynasty pickups as well yeah i'd agree there there there's there's quite a few guys like that we've talked about in recent shows sean where they're kind of you know players that mightn't be that expensive uh in terms of the tight end position you know um Herb smith is somebody you've mentioned quite a, a number of times in the show and there's a you know a couple other guys that fall into that category i've mentioned chris hendron um you know that that fall in and that that particular age group you know guys that are a little bit younger who may have shown glimpses but these two rams tight ends are are two players who who definitely have have shown a major impact in one season which we probably didn't expect to happen uh, for both of them in 2019 but that's going to do it for today's edition of the show it's uh, it's been a lot of fun looking through both teams kind of looking through how that affects the players around that and as i mentioned earlier in the show we'll be back for our second show of the week uh, a little bit later that'll be coming out late thursday early friday so do make sure you subscribe to the individual podcast feed get that once it comes out uh, it usually goes up about 12 hours earlier on the individual uh, feed which is the rotoviz overtime feed rather than the rotoviz radio main feed so do get subscribed get it as soon as possible uh, and we'll be back later in the week as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime Ireland. my co-host is sean siegel make sure you're reading all of sean's great work uh, up on the website and we'll be talking about one of those as well on on the show later this week so until we're back with that one have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a 30 discount through the road of his radio homepage road of forward slash podcast <laughs>